When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're covering issues 41, 42, and 43 of Volume 1 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original yes. Mirage comics. That so is Turtle Dreams, Juliet's Revenge, and Halls of Lost Legends. Yeah, these are pretty good guest era issues. They're not bad. They are yeah. what they are. They, I mean, they, they, I mean, you could say a lot of that, a lot of, you could say that about a lot of Mirage. <laughs> yeah, you could. Um, it is what it is. Um, but honestly, these weren't bad. They're yeah. very weird. I said it before. I feel like we've uh, separated some wheat from some chaff reading it the way that we have. <laughs> we've skipped certain issues that were very much out of continuity or just like so zany. But uh, I feel like we got a good good crop today. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we're I feel like we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah. Um, like everybody seems to have found their footing with how they want the turtles to look and act, and um, it's like the initial weirdness of turtles is still there. Um, but it, it feels like everyone kind of has a better idea of what they want the turtles to do. Now the thing is everybody has different ideas about what they want the turtles to do in this guest era. So yeah. it's like what the turtles do and who the turtles are really kind of varies from issue to issue. Yeah. I mean, in speaking of, you know, how they're finally finding their footing, there is only one more episode of guest era issues that we'll be doing for, for this run. Anyway, we'll go back and cover the stuff we missed, mm. but the guest era is coming to a close coming to after the end. next issue after their next episode yeah i think what 45 is the end of it because that's written by dan Berger. so we only got uh, one more issue yeah yeah 40 47 i think is what i've got so we that's uh masks part one and two and leatherhead we'll definitely two. have to pour one out then but until then uh we need to tell you some stories all so. right the ancient one did tell me a story i think you guys would want to hear about master splinter's master hamato yoshi well, let's hear it. Let me start off and tell you a story. Uh, this is volume one, issue 41, called Turtle Dreams. This was released in November 1991, and everything in this issue is by Matt Howarth. So this issue focuses on each of the turtles and Splinter's dreams. We start off with Leo, who dreams everyone in the world is already a turtle. This lets him attend high school, where he's a very popular student. People love him. He's super cool, kind of cocky. He's hitting on popular girls, etc., etc. He finds class a little boring, so he tries to switch his dream to him being a surfer. That doesn't work, so he instead dreams that the teacher is a giant monster. He slays the monster and saves the day, earning even more praise from his peers. 
The next day they have a substitute teacher who's now a giant dinosaur. Some dreams have a mind of their own. Raph has fallen asleep reading comic books. He dreams he's in an alien cantina and runs across those annoying post brothers, Ron and Russ, characters from one of the comics he was reading. Raph gets in a fight with Ron, who has reality shifting powers. This lets him do stuff like stash Uzis up his nose and move his brain to different parts of his body, which effectively makes him invincible. Raph's excited because this is the best fight he's had in years. Some dreams seem to go on forever. Donatello has fallen asleep after eating a sleeve of chocolate chip cheese cookies and dreams that the turtles are all captured and experimented on by the government. The files about their experiments were stolen by a spy who sold it to the Russians, who sold it to the Chinese, who sold it to the Japanese, where they made their way to a Hollywood producer. That producer makes a show about the turtles, and by the time the turtles escape their captivity, their household names. This unfortunately means they can't go fight crime anymore since they're too recognizable and get mobbed by fans. Since they can't help the public, they instead sit around and watch reruns of their show and eat chocolate chip cheese cookies. Some dreams are actually nightmares. Now we go to Splinter. Uh, Splinter's dream actually happens while he's meditating. He's, he's not quite asleep yet. He dreams he's talking philosophy over dinner with legendary Japanese shadow warrior Akira Kagemusha, along with Albert Einstein and Alfred Hitchcock. They discuss concentration as a means of enlightenment. Kagemusha tells Splinter a true master concentrates with his eyes open. Some dreams are brief, but full of wisdom. Last, we have Michelangelo, who's dreaming he's a rock star. He's playing guitar for a crowd when his stage is attacked by robots and Dr. Vox. Dr. Fox has the power to literally throw his voice, pushing Mike off stage while ranting about killing rock and roll, because the general consensus is that rock and roll contains material made to look obscene. Mike convinces the crowd that Dr. Vox is attacking a form of creative expression. The crowd runs to a voting booth, swaying public opinion, and weakening Dr. Vox's powers so that Michelangelo can defeat him. Some dreams simply defy description. The end. Riveting. Yeah. All right, next up is issue number 42 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, released in December 1991, uh, written by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson, with pencils by those two guys, inks by those two guys, letters by two guys. Even the cover was drawn by Rick McCollum and Bill Anderson. Uh, the story begins with Casey tied up, refusing to reveal what his captors wish to know. And then someone off, off panel says, administer the truth serum. We cut to our villain of the piece, Charlie Forte, a cryptozoologist who says he knows about the turtles and is trying to get Casey to reveal their location to them. Meanwhile, April is also tied up and beaten and bloodied uh, and also refusing to talk when he says, give her the truth serum as well. Both Casey and April uh, are administered the truth serum and begin to spill all the stuff they need to know. Uh, there's a mysterious man in black giving Charlie uh, Forte a set of photographs, letting him know about all the different things that we've seen in the series so far. So we see the foot, TCRI aliens, uh, Triceratons, Leatherhead, Carnage, um, so the mysterious man is handing Charlie all of these pictures who decides to work with him. After that, we find out that the mysterious man is the writer Edgar Allan Poe. 
Meanwhile, the turtles are back at the farmhouse, uh, relaxing when they figure out that Casey and April have been gone for too long. So they begin to go out and uh, look for them where they come across Casey's car, which has been attacked. They find April's purse on the ground and all of the stuff still inside. Leonardo surmises that they were attacked, not accidentally crashed. So the turtles begin to split up. Raph is approached by a portly man in a cowboy hat who begins to beat him up. As uh, Raft goes to uh, slice him, the portly man just points at him with his finger, says bang, and shoots Raph in the chest. The guy walks up, says Lovecraft called me Two-Gun Bob, but you can call me Mr. Howard. Michelangelo is walking through the trees when he's ambushed and beaten up by Bruce Lee. Donatello is standing still and attempts to mentally focus in on all of his friends and everything. His concentration is broken by a feminine voice, which says, hey, big boy, is that a bow staff in your hand? Or are you happy to see me? Turns out it's the famous actress, Mae West. She gives him a kiss and knocks him out. Leonardo is approached by a bearded man in a robe with a painting palette and a paintbrush. He says, tires, cars, and automobiles, so wonderful. Don't you know, given time, I'd have invented them. Leonardo recognizes this as his namesake, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci paints a weird swirl on Leo's chest and Leo screams in pains and passes out. And da Vinci says cryptically, I'd have painted you first, I think. The turtles wake up and they're and talking to a mysterious woman who has them all tied up and everything and begins to perform some kind of weird seance summoning circle when the turtles are all coming to they don't they don't quite recognize her when she finally exclaims don't you know who I am haven't I given you enough clues turns out her name is Savanti Juliet do we remember her husband? Casey and April had broken free of their entrapment and have begun to save the turtles. Uh, when, as the spell is starting to go through and kill everybody so that Juliet Romero or Juliet Savanti can bring back her husband, another woman comes in and saves the day by stopping the giant beam that's going into the sky. She defeats uh, Juliet Savanti, and then as uh, she's about to leave, she says, oh, guys, don't you recognize me? It turns out it's our old friend, Renette, who's now graduated to mistress of time, no longer being an apprentice. She takes off, and then Charlie, our villain from the beginning of the piece, had gone crazy and has been wandering the woods as a Bigfoot the end yeah like amazing story as you do you know yeah i'm really glad i didn't have to summarize that one because there's a lot going a, on yeah it, there's a lot going on in this yeah. one uh um, yeah so reading it for the first time is kind of like what do i include here <laughs> <laughs> you know you did a great job thank you i think i got the point across yeah i mean and speaking of you know another issue with a lot to unpack I've got Halls of Lost Legends, which also has a lot of information in it. So this one was written by Paul Jenkins, arts by A.C. Farley. It was published in January of 1992. 
So we're post Secret of the Ooze now, right? And just like a year before Turtles 3 comes out. So I feel like yeah, Turtles was still probably riding kind of high. It hadn't quite died yet. It's the gap year for the Turtles. <laughs> yeah. So story begins the turtles doing a training exercise where they wander around the forest blindfolded. They stumble into a massive medieval structure and go inside to check it out. In one chamber, they find a body lying on an altar. He seems to be dead, but he doesn't look dead. I don't know. There's something kind of strange going on with him that uh, makes him question whether he's dead or not, but he is not breathing. They see a boy walk by the doorway and chase him down to talk to him. The boy's name is Locke, and he says that the turtles are early but doesn't explain what that means. They finally get him to explain what the place is, at least. Uh, apparently, all legends and myths end up existing when people believe in them. After people stop, they come and stay here in the Hall of Lost Legends, and they end up turning into statues after, you know, people's uh, belief and unbelief and cynicism kind of takes over, and they don't believe in them anymore. Donatello isn't having any of it, and so he breaks off from the group and finds it to go find a reasonable explanation. Locke tells them to find their brother and get out because they're there early and that might mean trouble. He then leaves. Don's brothers try to find him, so they go into a room with an open door and uh, Kronos is in there and attacks them. Meanwhile, Don finds a bunch of Norse gods standing like statues. While inspecting them, he lifts a shield and notices Thor is crying. When he, he then hears his brothers fighting Kronos and runs in with the shield to help them. He's able to get in close and jab Kronos in the eye, and able, that makes it so everyone's able to run out of the room and block the door. They find Locke again and confront him on his half-truth. He said that all the legends there were turning into statues, and uh, there are, in fact, some that are still very much alive and moving around, like Kronos. After they press him, it's revealed that he is Loki, and he is the one that has frozen all the other legends. He sends a bunch of monsters after them, and they defeat them, and then they bring Loki to his knees. He says he'll do anything, so they tell him to let everyone go, and he complies. Odin thanks the turtles for helping, and explains that Loki was trying to take over the hall and repopulate it with his own kind. So, they, the other gods and legends, summoned the turtles early to throw Loki off and save them. The turtles return to Splinter and tell him everything. He tells them that it's likely that they will reside in the hall one day as well. The end. Riveting. I wonder if that was a variant of Loki. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I and still I haven't watched it yet, thought. but I, as far as I understand, there's a crocodile version of Loki. and that's there's, like... there's all kinds of versions of Loki. Okay. I saw this meme that was like a grandpa <clears throat> from The Simpsons fighting a... Uh, a crocodile in the toilet and the crocodile had like a they both had loki helmets on it was like this is my entire I mean, understanding of the loki series it's i mean honestly <laughs> it's not wrong so i think my favorite comic i've seen is just like you see odin and he's just like your adopted son and then it shows the alligator and he's just like yeah, hissing like, <laughs> like whimpering alligator noises yeah, sad, sad alligator noises, <laughs> <Sad> alligator noises. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I think uh, let's dive into some second time around. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice junk. So, so, like I mentioned at the top, like these are fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't know. It, it, Turtle Dreams, I mean, was cute. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I don't know much of Matt Howard's work, but apparently the those annoying Post Brothers is like his magnum opus. It, they ran for like 60-some issues across like three or four publishers. So Ron Post is obviously from that. Okay. Oh, wow. This was a crossover issue then. So this was a crossover, yeah. Yeah. Dang. And yeah. if you look like a lot of the books that Raphael is reading while he's asleep, like all of them are other Matt Howarth books. Oh, so he's got his own self-inserts in here. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, quite the self-promoter, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. You know, you got to get your work noticed somehow, right? Yeah. In, in the very front, uh, Eastman Laird mentioned that they actually had to like twist his arm to get him to do this issue. So I think like this mm-hmm. was his compromise. It was like, okay, I'll do it if I can promote my own things, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, he would go on to do one more turtle book, uh, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles special, The Haunted Pizza, number one. Yes. Oh, wow. That one's pretty fun, too. Yeah. Something I also realized at the beginning of this issue was, uh, this is the first time I read this one, and it's uh, probably not canon, since it opens, like, talking about Leo crime fighting and doing some <laughs> other things that very much do not fit in with... Uh, the rest of this but other than that because these are dreams this could easily fit <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, they don't often uh i think they say the save the world from a platypus invasion of some sort or something yeah. so yeah it, it was funny because like this this was one of the first issues where like i was reading it and i was like they really do feel like teenagers in this one like this yeah. was very silly teenager stuff mm-hmm. well even like i like leonardo's story a whole lot he, he almost kind of seems like how he is in Rise, though, where he's like very cocky and yeah. self-assured, and it's an interesting take on. Him. I like it. Yeah, the, reminded me very much of like I don't know those wacky books that like I grew up reading stuff like Diary of a Wimpy Kid and stuff. Reading it, mm-hmm. I think some of it was because of the style of the the art and things like that, but also just I, don't know, I remember these books called like Hash Brown Winters and stuff that I would read when I was younger. That were very much kind of like zany, uh, out there, almost dreamlike, uh, crazy adventures. A codename mm. Kids Next Door. Uh, yeah, you know, it just feels very much like something from that time period. But this came way before that. So, Ashburn Winter sounds yeah, like maybe a great they all, dish. Maybe they all <laughs> copied this. Perhaps. Maybe. Also, is Doctor Vox supposed to be a parody of Fox News? Because they talk about how, like, oh, Maya's voice sure is loud, and he's trying to get, like, rock and roll, mm-hmm. like, canceled. You know, it's supposed that's supposed to be, like, a conservative-type thing, talking about yeah. polling and then sending the people into the... I mean, that's, like... The voting booths. That's thinking so far ahead. I don't... Yeah, I don't know that Fox News was... No, was it, it a thing back then? No, it, no, 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 no. Was it okay. not back, I think, back in the 80s? No. Well, 90s. This would be in the 90s. Not like, the 90s not too, like yeah. it is now. I mean, I Fox was, was always founded to be a conservative leaning and like conservative influencing news source. No, right. I just, I don't think it was, I don't think it was set up like that. I don't know. I'm going to check now. You yeah, guys I'm, I'm trying to yourself. Try to Google when it came out. Da, da, da. That's pretty much what I, I don't know. Like I've only heard this from one source and it was a teacher I had in high school. So I could, you know, 
Uh, Fox News launched in 96. So this is oh, okay. pre-dating. Fox News la- launched in 1996. Okay, so this is way before then. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. weird then that Vox is so close to sounding like Fox. Vox, but I don't know what the word means, but it must have something to do with voices because there's a character in the I Teen mean, Titans I, also called Vox. I mean, there's... So. Maybe it's Latin. Um, yeah. it, it's a Latin word. Because, um, like, the Spanish word for voice is bos, like... Like the anyway, speakers. V-O-Z. Oh, not like the speakers then. Yeah, V-O-Z. I mean, there's, there's the website, <laughs> Vox. Um, there's... Uh, I, I just I don't get the correlation between like news and this because um, yeah. even like Vox Media is the biggest one I can think of. And they you know they run like Polygon the website and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean even I, even then like they're only from 2011. Yeah, no, I mean I, I was apparently way off, but it to me it just seemed very much like that whole like I don't know just that. I just saw a correlation there of like, oh, wow. You know, they, they, I don't know. They intentionally say that his voice is very powerful. And then like, anyway. So I thought it was supposed to be a, a statement on media. On like, mm. news. And yeah. Stuff. I think maybe there's just a happy coincidence. Apparently Vox, yeah. especially music journalism, apparently means vocals or voice. So I think it's just a play on that. He could throw his voice. Oh. But I mean, well, I, I see the subtext you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was totally wrong. You're you're on to something. It's not the right something. <laughs> it was just so ahead of its time the thing it was parodying yeah. had it even been created yet. <laughs> you know, he inspired apparently all the books from my childhood. He, you know, inspired Fox News or something. <laughs> I don't know. I really want a hash brown winter now. I don't know what that like what comes with that is it like a side of bacon with that yeah, or? i don't know like all these kids they just had like weird nicknames like that you know so his name's hash brown and he's like the leader of his crew it got pretty like out there and wacky you know it's very much all? like it's very much like recess or yeah like recess or codenames kid codename kids next door it's kind of like both of those mm. combined into one thing is, is he at all related to encyclopedia brown i have no idea they have not mm. they have not said that if you're anyway. a listener and you know this, let me know because I will be up all night otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Keith. Yeah. Not going to be able to sleep until he finds out. All right. Should we move on to Juliet's Revenge? Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, wait. No, yeah. What do you got? Do you have anything to say, Mike? Sorry. No, I'm ready to go into Juliet's Revenge. Okay. Let's go. Then. And I just want to start off with the stupid realization that i messaged you guys as soon as i read it last night when i was like oh my god Savanti romero and juliet <laughs> yeah it totally went over my head the first like i didn't realize it until you said something and now i feel dumb i <laughs> i honestly wonder how many people have picked up on that because it's like it's romero not romeo yeah um but the alliteration is there so mm-hmm. I, I i honestly wonder if anybody else has ever picked up on that I'm sure they have. This book is almost 40 years old. Yeah, kind of funny. 30 years old. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. it was, a, it was, it was, I liked it. That was a dumb pun. Um, but it was, it was cool. It was, it was cool to see uh, Renette again, too. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that we ever see her as like 
the Time Lord, or you know, like the master, the of mistress time, of time, mistress of time. So I, what I wonder is though, because Renette is multiversal, so it's the same Renette in every timeline. Mm-hmm. But we see her in 2012 and in um, IDW, and mm-hmm. it's the Apprentice Renette. Yes. So. So this will be one of Renette's last, or like later in life stories. Right. So like. Yeah. So I mean, because we know she exists outside of time, so it's like she did all those adventures with the other timelines and then came back to this one Mm -hmm. that would imply so yeah i mean she even could go somewhere into the turtles future but as a teenager still like it really depends on how big the level of the threat is i feel like if it's like a small level threat you're probably going to see apprentice renette or if it's just her being renette and getting in trouble and and doing renette things when she's a teenager that's when you're going to see her but if it comes to like jumping in and stopping a big time crisis you're gonna see mistress of time Renette. so you got to think about it fourth dimensionally because you've got older Renette and then like younger Renette saw that didn't see that this was a problem but she's seen things in 2012 and idw that's a problem so she's dealt with that but then juliet savanti is bad enough that old Renette's got to come back and you know even timey-wimey flux capacitor stuff here yeah you also gotta think of it as like it was way it was like 25 years later when they're like oh yeah it's all the same Renette you know (laughs) it was a very right and which is a very cool idea but like they they didn't retroactively like think about any of the continuity of it and I really hope that because that's happened in I mean granted that might just be you know you just have to take it with a grain of salt and just say it's mm-hmm. only the comic universe Renette. but i hope that in the future nickelodeon takes that and uses that as like this Renette, like Renette has been around already and is this you know is a singularity yeah yeah like honestly that's i mean that's Renette's most interesting thing is that she's the singularity mm-hmm. and like her and the other time lords exist outside of time yeah and like i would love to see like use renette for the next turtles forever kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah it would be really really cool and it's something i hope that they follow through on mm-hmm. and that it doesn't just like stay something for idw and you have to be like all right well now there's like the comics multiverse and the cartoon multiverse and you just gotta not cross <laughs> yeah it crosses yeah. Friends, right yeah like I'd I'd love to see more acknowledgement of you know all turtles. Like the closest we've ever gotten to everything acknowledging each other is that one shot of the multiverse in Turtles Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm hoping, like I said, that Nickelodeon kind of decides to actually take that and try and create a continuity with the Turtles multiverse. Yeah. Existing. I don't feel like it's that hard. You only have like one or two episodes in like you know the 2012 series that actually do the whole multiverse stuff just whenever you're going to do it recognize that the multiverse stuff happened before it so you can keep the whole thing canon that's all right. i'm saying yeah because i think that was my biggest disappointment with transdimensional turtles was that like they we literally just had that adventure in turtles forever mm-hmm. like it was it was the exact same story yeah 
and that ultimately like it was cool to have the like the 2012 turtles with the 1987 turtles but like that version of the mirage turtles didn't line up with what we've already seen in the turtles prime universe yeah Mm -hmm. which is why i call those the free comic book day mirage (laughs) turtles It's uh, it's just the inks, not the toning, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. the it's the IDW colored classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so it's not the true Mirage Prime Turtles. Um, but yeah, like I would love to see more Renette, like, mm-hmm. and then use her in this in this multiversal way. And like, it kind of, I mean, she could always show up and be like, "Oh yeah, I know how this is gonna end." Um, and then we start getting into, you know, some Loki and he who remains type stuff with Renette, but it's, it's still cool. Yeah. Speaking of continuity, uh, there's a note in the front of this book that they're going to go back to like the original continuity and stop with these guest era, uh, comics starting with issue 45, which is, which is kind of weird because like this issue has a lot of continuity callbacks, like Renette, obviously. And then Donatello mentions he feels close to the great turtle which was yeah. a last rick mccollum outing so yeah that was the <laughs> weird one with the great turtle yeah yeah also uh for the first time ever you can get a subscription to this comic if you're willing to cut a coupon out of the back of it which luckily the person who owned this before i did did not do that so i you. would i you know i used to see those like when i collected sonic the hedgehog from yeah. archie I used to see that subscription thing in the back and I was like, who would cut up a comic? Man, you know, I have a, there was one that had like an adventure page and I cut out the little paper dolls and stapled them together. That's what happened. You monster. I'm going to go find them and send you a picture. Just to oh no, you <laughs> monster. I'm going to flag you for gore. <laughs> also on that uh, subscription coupon, I think Mirage Loki, uh, Loki, not the yeah. god Loki, uh, yeah introduced a new logo which is that like pizza slice with a shell on it and like lines coming up out of it it says mirage publishing uh-huh. oh so okay. before they just kind of had like a spray paint background and said mirage over it but now they have a different logo it looks like when do they change to like the turtle face i think that's after the image run i think okay. that's uh volume four they go to that i know it's volume four i just didn't know when like was it before yeah. volume four or now but yeah yeah all right cool i also noticed uh in this book charlie is it charlie forte the guy's name charlie the, forte the researcher yeah so mike you mentioned he had all those photos of people we've seen before like leatherhead and mm-hmm. the utrams and stuff he's got the rat king and that's says, right i forgot i knew i knew there was somebody i was missing yeah he's got a picture of rat king in there yeah but it says unknown it doesn't. It doesn't say Rat King. It, does, well, it says I, his name is unknown. I don't know if anybody knew about him. Besides the turtles, yeah. Besides the right. turtles, so it's like yeah. the Triceratons. Maybe you can say, oh, alien sightings. The mm-hmm. you know the uh, the TCR aliens. Yeah, maybe okay, alien sightings. Um, what and they're still called the TCRI aliens this yep. late into the series. I, That's why I, I made a point to specifically say TCRI aliens. And also, keep an eye out. They have to call them Uchrams at some point because they do that in volume four. But when the, is it going to happen? In the uh, colored classic version I read, the TCR alien was green, which really threw me off. Yeah. Oh, really? That's creepy. They yeah. they do they chose. Uh, I'll get into that in anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> 
that, that's like what it's like a nitpicky thing but at the same time i was there's there's a few anyway we'll get to that yeah. later yeah all right anything else for this should we move on to lost uh, let's go into hall of lost legends yeah right so um with mirage having a new logo and everything they've also brought on stan sakai uh, they mentioned in this issue that they're going to be publishing his Space Usagi series. There'll be a short, it, there'll be a short preview in issue forty-six. So, really looking forward to that. I feel like I need to dig that up and, and go read Space Usagi. Like Usagi going into space sounds like even more like weird than the turtles going into space. Right. I have the action figure of like Space, space Usagi. Usagi. Really? Got, yeah, yeah. They made an action figure. It's really cool. It's. I mean. His rabbit head is like in a dome, but the ears still stick out, and like half his face <laughs> is robotic and stuff. Oh, I was thinking it's that's insane. Cyborg, that's cyborg Usagi, isn't it? Is that what it's, what it's called? I, think it's I always called thought cyborg it was Usagi in space. Okay, or cyber Usagi. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'll have to check it out. I've, I've Usagi or Jimbo is one of those things that I've always had on the back burner. Like I've always wanted to like read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've just never gotten around to it. It's so I... good. I, I like it. I have the first two volumes um, from like, I think Dark Horse was publishing it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made it a point to go see Stan Sakai at Comic-Con every year because mm-hmm. he's just the sweetest little old man, has his own booth. And I was like, I love you, Stan Sakai. And I used to come by like every year. Um, and I was just buying stuff from him. And I remember he didn't have volume three one year. And that's when I stopped buying oh. those. Um, and so I would just get art prints. And um, uh, I have a Usagi lapel pin that I just love to death. And it was, it's just his little signature version of Usagi. Mm-hmm. Oh, just a uh, circle with the ears and the line through it. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's one of my favorite pins. I actually, I still haven't opened it. Um, not because like I'm like oh it's gonna be worth anything um it's just it's sentimental and I was like I'm I know what I'm gonna put it on when I do put it on something um I just haven't yet yeah Stan Sakai is a sweetie and man Usagi is a one of those series I wish I had found earlier in life like, yeah it's, same it's so good the the run that IDW is putting out right now is really good too and, and that's the biggest bummer about um about Usagi Jimbo is that like the original stuff is like so hard to get and like even though it's been reprinted a bunch like those prints are all you know they're all out of print mm-hmm. and they're all super expensive now yeah has idw not been doing it so they're they doing like color classics kind they of have thing. been but not yeah. like original versions okay hmm. um this is also paul jenkins writing debut I don't know if either of you know Paul Jenkins, but he's kind of hot stuff in, in other comics. Like he did yeah. Marvel Knights and Wolverine's Origin. Oh. He, did uh, he worked on yeah, The he Century. Worked, yeah, he created Century. Yeah. Uh, and he also worked on Hellblazer and Spider-Man. Yeah, the guy's got a, just a laundry list of comics he's written. He's, but got this was, guy, he's got some chops, it sounds like. This was the first one. So in the the series of Two Pals Chat with like Kevin Eastman, he's with Paul Jenkins for it. Uh, that's who he's talking with back and forth, and they have those conversations with. Oh, okay. That's why it yeah. sounds so familiar. You, you told me about that show like 900 times. I have yet to check it out. I so. mean, it's, it's very time-consuming. <laughs> they talk for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff there, but a lot of it's interesting and good and good stuff, especially if you want to know more about uh, 
tundra comics and what happened with that the last two videos get into tundra comics and because it wasn't paul jenkins like the story the the top editor there or something yeah he was he was up there with kevin eastman because they kind of you know like they went from mirage well i mean paul jenkins left from mirage to tundra Mm. uh to go help with that Mm. but yeah originally kevin eastman brought paul jenkins on to uh to help at Mirage Studios, especially with all the licensing stuff that was going on, because they would spend apparently days just like looking at things people sent in to a license and approve it or not. And Paul Jenkins actually has a story <laughs> in that Two Pals Chat video where he says that they brought in the art for the pinball machine for April in front of him. And uh, yes. <laughs> I may have already told it on the podcast. No, I have not heard it. So okay, but April, I, I know the art you're talking about. <laughs> yes, April was apparently kind of flat chested in it, and so he, they they wanted to send a message that like she's supposed to be a little more uh, well endowed, and so he drew like a, a W that was just bigger under it, not for reference, but just to say like she needs to be more, you know, yeah, more well endowed. Mm. Well, they took that big W he put on there as as a reference size, and apparently, on that pinball machine art, she is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, uh, and it's I'm, because I'm of aware that. of that art. Yeah, it's it's shocking when you see it too, because it's like it's still kind of the cartoon turtles, and it's like April in the yellow jumpsuit, and it's like, whoa, what's going on yeah, there? She's like very busty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently it was a big accident and like a miscommunication thing. You know, him just being like, she needs to be a little bit more well-endowed and then it went from that to like, oh, that's yeah. the reference size. That's how big we're supposed to make them. And Every <laughs> pendulum swings in two directions, you know? It went from yeah. nothing to everything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Not me trying to look up his pinball art. Paul Jenkins. You know, <laughs> you know something yeah. else he's responsible for. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah. All right. Are we ready for some anchovies? I'm getting hungry. Yeah, sure. I was just going to make a joke, though, that I think the Hall of Lost Legends is just creative commons. Like, that's what they could call it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. very much like fantasy characters that are no one can question the copyright to. Yeah. It's just the Hall of Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. You know, you've now moved over there. Anyway, that was I, my joke. I couldn't find a uh, spot to insert it, but it was too good to pass up. I think Popeye would be in there now. I think he became public domain the, the last year. So oh, really? Popeye, the Sailor Man should be in the Hall of Lost Legends as well. Well, he there wouldn't we have been in 1992. Right. I'm saying now he would be. It, it is his time now. It's not too early for him. Right. That's true. <laughs> I love Popeye, man, though. Me too. Popeye's great. All right, now you we get that. You know what's not great? Anchovies. There we go. There's that transition. There you go. Like it. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So, Turtle Dreams. Um, like I said, Matt Howarth is a, a shameless self-promoter. I left out the very last page of this issue, which is just uh, Ron Post talking about all the stuff that Matt Howarth is doing and where you can send money to get those comics. Kind of jarring. <laughs> that was my big anchovy for this one. Wow. I uh, I didn't really have any anchovies for this one. That doesn't have that last... Yeah, I didn't see that last page. It's... I mean, it's very... Oh, really? This is very silly. Um, 
I don't really have anchovies for it because like other than just my general one that this really just should have been a tales book mm-hmm. like I, I would almost like rather at this point they just reprint all of these as tales <laughs> like an unofficial tales volume because mm-hmm. it's it's very jarring and it's it's very hard to get new people into uh like mirage turtles when it keeps doing stuff like this yeah and i mean that's why i really understand why they did the ultimate collection books and why they do the color classics books yeah the way they are you know people think that it's jarring when suddenly you know you see that you've skipped all these issues but really you haven't missed anything like like these issues there's a lot of good ones there's a lot of fun ones you know like i'd recommend going through and reading them to check them out but if you want to do like a straight read through of the story I would recommend just leaving out the guest era. You could maybe throw in like, you know, a couple of the, of the in-house Mirage writers books. But other than that. Yeah. It's really just like one through 11, 19 to 21, and then 50 to the end, or like the Mm -hmm. three arcs of the, of the turtles. I mean, and, and I specifically said it last night, like no one is ever allowed to say that the Mirage turtles were dark and gritty because it's like, you have, this like these issues mm-hmm. and there's nothing dark and gritty about these three issues they're not bad issues there's just nothing dark and gritty that everyone's like ah oh. you know yeah, mirage would... where they killed people and it's like well yeah they did but they also dreamt about their teacher being weird <laughs> yeah uh, so i mean the thing is i guess you'd have to make the argument of eastman and laird's turtles were kind of on the grittier and darker side even then i don't know if i'd really call them like super gritty or you know, yeah super like dark, we but. like i would never call the mirage turtles super gritty they were definitely of the time and like they're gritty in that sense is like they like they're kind of like oh mirage and um what you call it like they're, they're um I totally lost what I was going to say. Like they're they're like Daredevil and stuff like that. Yeah. Like popular comics yeah. of the time. Yeah. It, it to me it feels I mean for, for me I think what it is is people get very used to the cartoons and so like that first time you see the mm. turtles like stab shredder or you know kill those purple dragons it's very jarring and you're like whoa this is something else. Yeah. You know, and so then you, even as you go on and like you actually see them, you know, stab people and do things. And so when you see that, it's very jarring compared to the cartoon that you're used to. But overall, if you want to compare it to other things going on in comics from, you know, during that time and even to now, it's not like it's that insane. But this is yeah. probably your first time experiencing it, you know, turtles in this medium. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. Like, exactly. Because. Like, I've said it before, like the the turtles, like this is very much like a just a PG book or a PG thirteen book. It's not. It's you're. It's like guys who act like this is so dark. It, like you, you didn't discover something that nobody else knew about. Like we all <laughs> knew this book was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm I'm excited to hear all of your anchovies for Julius Revenge. So. <laughs> not all of them but the thing is, is they, did <laughs> yeah. some, they did some weird coloring choices in the color classics they okay. colored leatherhead yellow yep what? They, colored, yes. they colored him yellow 
You'll have to send me a picture of this because I, I have the black it, and white version. It looks so wrong. It, and like, he doesn't even look like Leatherhead because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they color like the Triceratons. What color was it? Like, I purple? think he was orange. No, they weren't orange. He was orange. Because orange is the color in the, you know, that my brain would say, yes, they're supposed to be this color. But anyway, they, they just made some weird coloring choices. Uh, yeah, the TCR aliens are green. I uh, see this IDW app is terrible. I can't send you any pictures right now. I'll have to wrecking. Wrecking was like his normal cartoon colors, which was weird. Mm-hmm. The green and the orange. Yeah. 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 We just like that in the the tails one that I have that's in color too. Just I, I always thought that was strange. I don't, I don't know what kind of material that is. But. It, it it was funny because like I noticed that it is. Um, the colors are by Rhonda. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. like Rhonda's doing all the colors on, on all these color classic books. That's interesting. So interesting, yeah, because I so, I like what Rhonda's done in IDW a lot. Yeah, because a lot of the other ones were by like Scorpion Studios or something like that for the color classics. Most of them. Maybe this was one of her earlier gigs or something. She didn't, didn't quite know what colors to do. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wish that there probably would have been more like referencing, you know, stuff that came before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, I guess you can't you can't win on all fronts, you know. Yeah. But uh, there you go. The Triceraton. Oh, I guess the Triceraton is kind of an orangish color, but it's more of like a burnt, like dark brown. Orange. Yeah, it's not like the bright. It's Yeah, it's not like the brighter orange that I'm kind of more used to seeing. So that one's not that bad, but yeah, yeah, Leatherhead is yellow, and it's weird to me. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know why it bugs me so much, but it kind of does just a little bit. It's nitpicky; it doesn't really oh, destroy the story. It's just the colors on the cover are by Rhonda. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Story colors by on this one are Dickagore Design Limited. You know those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another thing I had is that, uh, to me, bringing in all like the random spirits just seemed really random. It didn't really make any sense. It, it's a hall of legends. No, I mean, no, it's Julius a hall of legends. that's right. It was, yeah. I'm talking Julius Revenge. Yeah, Julius like Revenge. Edgar Allan Poe. And I mean, I guess we got the Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo crossover we always wanted. Yeah. I was confused. But... Like, how did they get there? Why were they there? Yeah. Cause it really, <laughs> and then they're gone. Yeah. They never show up. Are they still out there? Like, are these time-displaced versions? Yeah, that was one of my anchovies too, Spencer. Yeah, it, it I was, was like, "Why? Where are these guys from? What, what's going on?" It was really weird. I was, and then like, yeah, like Edgar Allan Poe got like, and then he got sad that that uh, Juliet was gonna double cross everybody, and then like she just fried his brain and just turned him into a skeleton. Yeah, and it's like, okay. Is is are you saying that's how Edgar Allan Poe really died now? <laughs> yeah, I I have it's so many questions. Yeah, like like as far as that was like the one thing in that whole story that just made zero sense. I could only think that yeah, that maybe was she's the somehow, one thing. No, I'm kidding. I mean, the rest of it like you can kind of finagle and it's fine because Ninja Turtles and comics, but 
that part of the story I feel like just needed an explanation. I guess maybe because she brought a bunch of other demons out of a portal, maybe she can bring the dead back to life temporarily and serve I, her. Like I guess it's it's but, but, it, but it's okay. Just a okay. Weird let's thing. let's say she can real quick. Sorry, sorry, Mike. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. Let's, go say ahead, she, go ahead. let's say she can. Yeah, bring the bring the dead back to life. Why can't she bring Savanti Romero back to life? Well, I think that's what that wasn't, <laughs> right? that, wasn't that what she was trying yeah. to do? Yeah, that's what. She, but if she could do it with all those people, why couldn't she do it with Savanti Romero? Well, I think she, I think she specifically needed, like she she said she specifically needed like the four warrior spirits and their teacher, well, which is an oddly very specific. Isn't yeah. he like lost in time though? Still, because I know for sure where I we, don't know. I didn't read the original one with you guys. Well, you should go back and read. Yeah, you really <laughs> should. That's a really good issue. This did make me want to go back and read it because I because yeah. I was reading it, and I was like, you know what? I if I had read the original, I probably would have had more of an attachment to it. Because IDW picks up uh, where the whatchamacallit issue leaves off the tales of the TMNT issue of them. So you need to read. You need to go back and read. Number eight, I think it is. Yeah, uh, of, of volume one. Of volume one, and then the final issue in in volume one of Tales of the TMNT. Mm. Yeah. Issue seven. Issue seven. But yeah, at the end of that, he was hit with lightning and fell into a lake. Okay. So presumed dead. Presumed dead. In the IDW, Possibly it turns out dead. he survives. Yeah. Later on. And it kind of picks up there, and that's where they first make Renette a singularity. Well, she turned me into a newt. I got better. I got better. <laughs> and yeah, my last anchovy is everyone staring at April when Splinter says the word lust. Uh, yeah, that I was... Just, uh, that was I just, strange. That I was don't a big, like, that was a no-no. I just don't like the turtles seeing April that way. I guess something I've never liked. I've always kind of liked it when they see her more as like a big sister figure. Uh, and they're not really like being flirtatious toward her. I've never liked that. Yeah, me neither. Same. Um, like yeah people people say the designs of the michael bay movies is the worst thing i think it's michelangelo constantly being horny towards april yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there are much worse things about those movies than the designs yeah, yeah. <laughs> my only other uh because my, my big one for this issue was again the the may west da vinci edgar Allan poe bruce lee what the hell was going on with that uh -huh. The other one is that uh, Leo calls Casey CJ. He yeah, says, like, he says CJ CJ's stuff is here. Yeah, I'm so glad that never caught on. Yeah, you know like, that's that a terrible was, nickname uh, for Casey yeah. Jones. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad CJ never caught on because that's just that just feels wrong. It's you no, know, it's it's out of line, but it's it's still wrong. Or, yeah. <laughs> CJ is it's a right, child, but it's out man. of line. <laughs> That's all I had for this one. How about you, Mike? Uh, you know, I mean, we all kind of we do that thing where we all kind of have the same the same thought process. Like, mm. it was <laughs> it was fine. Ultimately, it's fine. Um, but yeah, like the color the coloring was a little was a little weird on those characters. Um, I really didn't like how these characters just kind of are like the time displaced people just kind of show up and then like don't ever like show up again after they catch the turtles so it's like are they hallucinations what is the deal mm -hmm. 
Um, and we just we never find out. Yeah. We, do you want to kick us off on the Halls of Lost Legends then? What you hated about that? Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't hate anything really about this one. Um, so, yeah, kind of an anticlimactic start to that. Okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate anything about this one. My only. It's a very small anchovy. It, like in black and white, it's hard to tell what's going on with that shield, because like you can't always tell that Dante is looking at the reflection of someone mm. in the shield. Like it took me. It was on my second reading when I was like, oh, that's why he can see the tears, and that's why he knows it's Loki. Like I didn't get that my first time through, but after that, like that's a very minor. Uh, little detail to nitpick but okay yeah i can see how this would be a pain in the ass to read in black and white mm -hmm. yeah my only thing is that with the way they colored this when they're sitting around the fire i think it's because splinter's eyes are supposed to be reflecting the fire but they make it kind of like glow a little bit red and loki's eyes were glowing red earlier in the story and so it almost makes you like wonder like is loki posing as splinter for a second and then it just ends and you're like oh no i think it's totally fine Oh, <laughs> well, and Loki also turns into Splinter like as a last. Yeah, he does effort. turn into yeah to get him. I, I do remember that. That's so, like, crazy. So they colored it that way, and so I was like, "Is Splinter supposed to be Loki right now?" And I was like, "No." All right, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> oh man, that's that's insane. If that's what they were going for, holy cow! <laughs> I, I don't think it is. Like, I don't think that's what they're going for. I think it's supposed to be because they're sitting around a fire. I think his eyes are supposed to be reflecting the firelight. Uh, and it's for dramatic effect, but it yeah. makes you wonder if Splinter is Loki or not. <laughs> that's something like M. Night Shyamalan directing there at the end. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's who we need to make the next Ninja Turtles movie, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Absolutely. It was Loki all along. Yeah. All right, then. Are we good here? We're I good. Think so. Yeah. Like, I got so more likes than dislikes. Same so. here. Sweet, then. If we're good, let's talk about the good. I love being hey, a turtle. Nice. Oh, I love being a turtle. Uh, turtle Dreams, I think I mentioned already, I, I really like Leo's story and kind of how he's, you know, we never get like Leo's personality at any point in time because he's just the leader, right? Yeah. So it's cool to see him kind of how he would visualize himself otherwise. I also like this is just a fun issue, and I really, really like uh, Matt Howard's like take on the turtles. They look like very minimalistic and just kind of clean and low key. Like I, like, it just seems like the more they get redesigned as time has gone on, the more like stuff is added to the turtles. But this is just like a very straightforward, almost stick figure Ninja Turtle. It's very nice. I really uh, appreciate it. I am gonna say, it that i don't agree with you there okay <laughs> um i do agree with you though that they are i mean they are nice base versions of the turtles that are just you know they're just pleasing to look at um but i don't think they were visually interesting mm. i think they're cute they are they're cute. cute they're, they're cute definitely they're definitely cute turtles um <laughs> and it's just they're they're very cartoony um and just very kind of like I almost wonder if he like was like, I'm just going to draw the cartoon turtles and see if anybody notices. Maybe. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Keith. I think it was just a fun issue. I, I really like, I think hey, it was just- I didn't, I said it was fun too. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is just, you know, back yeah. to him, 
you know, rewinding a little bit here. Sorry. He's agreeing with how I think it's fun, not how, how you think it's you fun. Think it's fun. <laughs> I'm kidding with you. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and like my favorite line, I think I read in that whole thing is the one post boy. That's just like, I, after Raphael rips his jacket, you're not going to use this one for your, for your line at the end. Right, Mike? Nope. Good. Okay. So he says, you know, I killed Kennedy in this jacket. It means a lot to me, you spastic. For some reason, that line was just really funny. You know, just the idea that this guy is the one that shot Kennedy. And yeah. he, you know, keeps the jacket he's wearing in it as a trophy. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's funny. I, don't, I shouldn't have to explain it because it's, it's just funny upon saying it. Speaking of things being sentimental, this issue holds a very special place in my heart because it's the first issue of the Mirage comics I ever bought. So... I just really? love it. Yeah, yeah. It was in a box and like it was like this and then all of City at War. And I was like, I don't really know if I can afford all of City at War. So I just got this one comic. Mm. It was a good, good comic to start on. Well, you're not wrong. It is a good comic to start on. So Juliet's Revenge? Yeah. So Juliet's Revenge. Um, I thought it was neat. I really like her design. Did you grow up, Renette? No, uh, Juliet. Oh, Juliet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, before she turns into a you know gross you know monster, um, I thought I thought it was fine. I like I I really liked her design. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't got much beyond that. Cool. I really like it. I really like the idea of the turtles in like you know day to day life by humans kind of being seen as cryptids. You know, so like cryptids are like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness monster. For yeah. people who don't know, Mothman. Uh, they are Mothman. Mothman. Yeah. Moth monster man. <laughs> Aqua teens. Sorry. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> But they're they're kind of those things that like, you know, people at least claim to have pictures of or footage of that, you know, could possibly exist, but their existence is a mystery still. Uh, and so for me, I think it's really cool to have the turtles kind of fit in that area in the world and for them to be seen like that as that by other by normal human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, so whenever they kind of bring in that concept, I always think it's a cool angle for them. You know, like the alligators in the sewers of, of New York or whatever, you know, that people claim are, are there. Yeah. Uh, it's well, kind of almost the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I saw one having tea with Elvis a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you did too? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think McCollum and Anderson do some cool stuff with like the layouts in this. Like whenever they're doing magic, there's like words around the frame. Yeah, that was know? super cool. Like I was trying to read when Renette appears, mm -hmm. um, and like the whole uh, I just said Blue Shield Red Cross at one point, and it just looked cool the way the yeah. spell was drawn. Mm -hmm. I was like, More well, they that. they do like little doodles of like hands and spiders and the margins and stuff yeah. and like magical stuff is happening it's really kind of cool yeah like there's um like little glyphs and stuff that appear and um like visually it's very interesting mm -hmm. um and i'm really glad i read this in color because 
that definitely would not have translated in black and white. Also, for whatever reason, I really like the part where Leonardo da Vinci paints a swirl on Leonardo's <laughs> chest. And then it's almost like there's a pause for a second and then Leo and then like screams him, and then yeah. like falls over. Like it was just such a unique way of defeating him. I was just like, man, that was really cool. I really like that. I don't understand how it works at all, but it was really neat. Yeah. I thought, I thought that it's like, you know, I kind of complained about the weirdness at the beginning, but I think like the last half after you get past the, the dead spirits, you know, each picking off the turtles, whatever they are. Yeah. Like once after that, the turtles are captured. It's interesting. Yeah. It's really good. Like it's a pretty intense, intense final fight and everything at the end. It's, it's, it's really good. I really liked the last half of it. Yeah. All right. Halls of lost legends. Um, I have another weird thing that I really love in this issue. It's when Mike throws his nunchucks at Loki. He hits him right in the head, knocks him out. And the other turtles were like, hey, good shot. And Mike just nonchalant, super modest is like, eh, it's a talent. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I really like when Michelangelo is kind of modest, you know, he's not uh-huh. at all showboaty. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was super cute. Mm-hmm. I've said it a hundred times already. AC Farley art. I love oh it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's on all cylinders in this issue, man. Oh yeah. No, like his humans look good. The turtles look great. The monsters look awesome. You know, he, he brings in like Cerebus and and a Minotaur, I think. Yeah. And just a bunch of stuff, and it all looks super cool. Mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite like single issue story of at least volume one, but maybe all of Turtles. Like it's just a really good sit down read it quick be done with it single one-shot issue so good yeah and in the context of folklore i also really like how this issue definitely compares like modern mythology with ancient mythology and kind of incorporates them all into one it's an interesting yeah uh, i was in comparison there and it it was kind of funny because like i've been re-watching gargoyles lately and gargoyles does that Mm -hmm. yeah um so I mean, obviously, it's not a new idea because Turtles was doing it a couple of years before Gargoyles was. Um, but it, but it was just kind of neat to see that you know represented here. And honestly, like it's a cool idea for Turtles in general to do that. Mm-hmm. Like we I mean, we talk about like how weird it is for Turtles to like get involved in this supernatural stuff and. You know, stuff that's not the street level, you know, pun, you know, fighting ninjas and stuff. Um, but it's it's still neat to see this kind of um, to see to see this kind of stuff built into its DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of it hints at something bigger for the turtles down the line too, because like yeah, they're early to the Hall of Lost Legends. You know, it's it's cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah, uh, and I don't know, like. Because I feel like that just kind of it even means you know that the turtles are they're 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 part of modern mythology now like you know they've explained were really popular big at the time I feel like it was kind of almost like a a uh, what's the word I'm looking for here a meta meta commentary on like the turtles themselves that they are now like a part of our mythology that we have today. Oh, okay, they're, yeah, I can they're see up where there you're with going. the heroes, and so like you know one day when you know all all legends eventually become kind of lost and people you know aren't as into them anymore you know that eventually the turtles will you know take their place uh 
the Hall of Lost Legends. Not if we keep podcasting. I was going to say, won't. not if we have anything to say about it. Those turtles aren't going turtles anywhere. Alive. You got to keep them in the land of all creation. Yes. <laughs> and not in the hall. But yeah, I, I don't know. Just because comparing a lot of like superheroes and stuff to just being our mythology today, like my wife, when she was in high school, there's a teacher that she took a class from that he called it American mythology. Hmm. And it was straight up they just like read kingdom come and like analyzed it and other comic books and stuff. And the class was pretty much well, about comic book, by the way. Yeah. Yes. I was afraid it was going to be just like a bunch of Paul Bunyan and old tiny crap, but I mean, they might bring up that, but yeah, they for sure had a very large portion focused on superheroes and comic books. <laughs> awesome. Well, I awesome. Mean, yeah, superheroes. Yeah. Superheroes are, you know, the modern American mythology. They are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I just never realized it until my wife told me about this class and I was like, Oh yeah. Wow. That's pretty neat. I mean, you kind of, you kind of lose that when, you know, Batman dies for the 18th time and then gets reborn. Yeah. Like you kind of, you kind of lose the mythology a little bit. Um, and that's also kind of the problem of him being owned and having to renew patents every year, but you know, yeah. hey, that's fine. That's another conversation. Yeah. That's another conversation. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get you. Man, three really good issues this week. Yeah, I was, was you know, outing. this was a lot of fun. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got to read these. Um, it's it's always a treat reading these these books because, like I said, a lot of these are the I'm reading these for the first time, so it's it's fun, and I'm glad I'm on this podcast with you guys. Oh, we're glad to have you. This is, I, I love this podcast. Fantastic. Me too. Um, we have like a whole other podcast worth of material ahead of us too with the news. We do. So let's into dive into that news. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So who boy, it is San Diego Comic-Con as of today. Asterisk San Diego Comic-Con is not actually an event this right now. It's still a stay-at-home kind of thing. Um, right? It is still a stay-at-home con. However, all of the San Diego announcements are currently happening. So, uh, like we talked about last week on Monday this week, uh, NECA did their Comic Con at Home uh, reveals uh, and panel, and which was cool. Uh, I misunderstood. I thought they were doing separate panels. Turned out it was just one big NECA panel. Yeah, so if you're like me and just want to focus on the TMNT stuff, it's about an hour long video on their you YouTube gotta, channel. Yeah, it you starts go all the way to 40 minutes. Yeah, something. about about 38 minute mark. It starts. It goes the the last like 20 minutes of it. Yeah. So do you think uh, that means that the turtles are their best sellers, and that's what they did to get you to watch I mean, the whole thing? They saved it for last. It took about a third of the show, so I would think so. And yeah. and I okay, this is nothing against other NECA collectors. And I, I see this, I see this all the time where like dudes are dudes are mad that NECA's fo constantly focusing on turtles and like not horror, which is what you know NECA's bread and butter used to be, and that's what made them famous was all their horror figures. But at the same time, it's like, guys, turtle sells. Yeah. Gotta like, diversify, how times, man. How many well, it's not even about diversification. Like, how many times do you go to Target? or Walmart and see the same horror figures. And that's not to say horror doesn't have its fans, 
like because obviously people are buying this stuff but at the same time they're not buying it in turtles numbers mm-hmm. like before before turtles became like one of NECA's regular licenses predator and aliens were the top ones even horror wasn't one of the top ones like all these jason you know halloween figures and um you know i think they, I did the, they did the nightmare on elm street figures um like those guys had their fans they still have their fans but they're not the turtles fans like turtles fandom's got a thing where it's just you've got 30 years of pent-up demand wanting really cool action figures and NECA's giving it to them and NECA's making a ton of money off of it yeah so let's let's talk about the reveals do we want to do like the movie ones first and the cartoon ones then maybe the ones that were teased or so let uh so yeah so let's do let's just let's just go in order so those movie figures uh so we saw for the first time the full reveal of the ultimate uh secret of the use shredder uh and all of his purple suited glory with a bladed helmet and everything bladed helmet um and the just fantastic cape um which is a different cape than the original movie so that one was uh and uh they talked about i think trevor was talking about how there's not a whole lot of reference material so they kind of had to guess on a lot of stuff and it's as close as anyone is ever going to get it so um Mm -hmm. it looks great uh, it is going to be an ultimate style figure, so probably around the $30 mark, uh, exclusive to Walmart, just like all the other movie figures. And they, made, they specifically said it comes with a canister of ooze and then the tiny vial. And the tiny ooze. vial, yep. Yeah, and I guess it also has some weapons that didn't make it into the Shadow Warriors 2-pack that was... Yeah, I think there was another the sword they showed, yeah. they showed him holding. Um, but speaking of Shredder, they are going to be doing another release of the super shredder figure that they've already done um so the first one was the original movie colors the second one was the shadow master version which is based on a mail away figure for chef boyardee where he was like kind of all black mm-hmm. uh and then this one is this third release is going to be based on the original playmates toy in those colors so same exact sculpt just in those colors now yeah, he's got a. I think he's got a new belt that looks like a almost like a wrestling belt. Yeah, like so had. they gave him they gave him a new belt. They said they wanted. Uh, Trevor said he wanted to give him more of a uh, wrestling style belt, and originally it was not going to be sculpted on. It was going to be like an add on attachment piece, um, but they just didn't look right, so they just went ahead and made it part of the sculpt. So that's cool. Um, I like too. Gives, he's got he's got like the spear that he had that that like weird mace with all the spikes coming off of it yeah um, that was that was a cool accessory with the original toy i'm glad they included that yeah um and as somebody who's never had the original toy or even has the super shredders like that they've released so far i kind of want this one mm-hmm. um so that one is uh i think they said that one was going to be hitting uh walmart as well um it there's a little bit of confusion and NECA hasn't officially clarified as of now. Uh, they showed it on a diorama base, but they didn't say if it was included 
or just part of it? Because it was really the only figure that they showed on a diorama base like this. Yeah, it almost looked like it was supposed to be a statue or something. Yeah, like and the diorama base, the diorama base they did was like the dock that Shredder pushes apart and kills himself with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It would be really cool if that was it, because as a diorama person, I would love that. Um, but I also understand that if it doesn't have that, like there's no way they're gonna include it. So we also got uh, a look at a new Casey Jones figure. Yeah, so teased a couple months ago um, when they did the reveal for the April O'Neil figure was the uh, unmasked Casey Jones. Now that they finally got the rights to Elias Codius's likeness. Uh, so they revealed their official ultimate Casey Jones action figure. Um, it's basically the same exact figure that you got if you got the Raph and Casey two-pack, except this one does have um, the unmasked Elias Codius likeness. Also, it has updated elbows for a lot of people who didn't like the original double-jointed elbows. I was one of those people who didn't like them. Um, and so now they've updated it to a deep single cut. Um, so it doesn't have as much of a range of movement as the original elbows, but uh, it looks so much better. Yeah. Which is was funny. That it, was that it for the, the movie ones? Just those So three? that was uh, it for the movie line. Uh, they did tease that more uh, in Secret of the Use was going to be coming because this is the 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did tease that what more was going to come. They didn't announce anything. Like, so we haven't gotten a Kino yet. Um, you know. I do not. I... I will go bananas if we get a vanilla ice. Like I will definitely. I was buy gonna say ice, they've so. said before that vanilla ice is not on the table. <sighs> Man, so, that's the that's the perfect uh, smoke and mirrors, right? NECA oh, has made the it. impossible happen before with getting some action figure likenesses, so it's not a no, um, but it's not in the near future. Uh, same thing with Tatsu, um, the original actor, still not given his likeness rights up. So I'm going to say at this point, I'm going to say the ship has sailed on that. I don't think it, because it, Randy on Twitter makes it sound like he doesn't want to keep asking this guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that hope is dashed. Um, also, they did a full box reveal for the Danny Pennington loot box figure, loot crate figure. If you got that a couple months ago, um, which is supposed to be shipping next month. So I'm excited to get that. Ooh. Uh, They did a big tease um, before we get into the tune stuff of what could possibly be coming for Mirage. Because speaking of Loot Crate, they did um, talk about the clone Shredder figure and how they kind of want to do all of the clone Shredders now. Uh, So we'll get the brute one and the little tiny one. Um, uh, They did do a tease for a Fugitoid. Yes. Um, and again, it's just like the guy's silhouette. So yeah. So we didn't see really... the actual figure. We saw it in silhouette, and you know yeah. he was standing in a dark room against a bright light. Um, but I yeah. thought like cooler than that was they mentioned that they're going to do a they're going to try and do a whole Mirage line. So yeah, and they've said that before. Um, so the Mirage or so the arcade line right now. 
um, is set to end with Bebop and Rocksteady, the Pirate Turtles in Time Bebop and Rocksteady. That's was supposed to be last month, but is oh, okay. delayed right now. So those are the last figures in the arcade line for now. See, and I was then, I was kind of wondering because I'm skipping ahead, but at the very end they tease a Token and Razor. I didn't know so, if that was supposed to be a cartoon one or if that was supposed to be our arcade version. So yeah, so you're skipping ahead there. We'll get. Well, I'll yeah. get to that. I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so. Uh, so Bebop and Rock City are going to be the last of the arcade line for now. Then uh, they're going to switch back to Mirage. And so they've shown off this uh, Fugitoid figure. That's what they've said in the past. In this panel, Trevor Zam, it made it seem like that's not 100% the plan anymore. So it doesn't sound like Mirage is going to be a full line. Oh, man. I i said it sounds like that like that's maybe what i'd actually go for if i was to start going for action i figures. think i and i'm i'm maybe reading into something and not you know I, I could be totally wrong and i hope i am um but it does sound like that's not the plan and that the mirage line might only be in loot crates mm. in, instead of full like toy line did you get the uh the spiny armed shredder spencer no i didn't i missed my my window yeah i only got the armagon i'm chomping at the bit for it now but i think i got all of them it's been i gotta go check gotcha uh so but are you of spencer you're gonna get the the fugitoid one if it's a mirage fugitoid oh i mean i'm i'm thinking about it you know the problem is i live in a small one bedroom apartment not a lot of space. Actually, Kick that wife out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sleep with my future. You gotta get two, gotta get two yeah. bedrooms now. Yeah. <laughs> get upgrade. Yeah. Uh, but, but okay, so I would think, I'm definitely considering it. It is awesome. on the table, which is more than I do for most action figures. Mm. And that's all I can ask, really. Yeah. Just just join just join us in action figure bliss. All right, so cartoon stuff. There was but, a lot yeah, of this speaking one. of that bliss, there was a lot in the cartoon line. Um, so starting off with the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive box set, uh, like they teased a couple months ago, it was, like we all thought, the Catwoman of, from Channel 6. Um, so we got our first uh, look at Irma and Burn Thompson, which I was a little surprised that they included him. Um, we got a new updated uh, Vernon with a new face, uh, two new heads actually, a full newsroom accessory pack. So you had cameras, microphones, all everything you need to recreate what Channel Six looks like, and you got the Catwoman from Channel Six herself, the mutated April O'Neil, specifically not a regular April O'Neil, which upset a lot of people. Oh, it doesn't switch. It, uh, it does not. Oh, so okay. The box huh. set does not come with regular April pieces. Um, it does so come with uh, wear rat pieces for Irma, though. I it believe. does. Yeah. So, which makes me think that this is probably going to be the only Irma figure that we're going to get since it, they included that and they included that, that extra rat piece for Vernon in his release. Hmm. So... It leads me to believe that might be the only Irma. I'm holding out hope for an Irma Rex 1-2 pack. Um, but 
burn most likely this is going to be the only way to get you a burn thompson yeah um maybe they'll do a that super irma with uh that's what i think yeah i I think probably we'll get a super irma at some point i think uh if you order it online from them you also get a t-shirt a press badge from channel six an iron on of the channel six logo um a pin of the news van and a channel six poster so if you're uh, looking for that that's where to go (laughs) so uh so that went up for sale today, July 22nd on the NECAstore.com. As of now, it is already gone. Uh, it sold oh. out in about an hour. Um, so the thing with the San Diego exclusives, with the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives, what they did last year was that you can order them on Target's website um, and also find them in store. Um, and that's kind of what they are doing this time as well. So you could order this accessory bundle. It was the only way to get the extra accessories was through the NECAstore.com. Um, however, the regular box set, including all four figures, is going to be in uh, Target stores in the next coming months over the summer. Awesome. Uh, so at, at a discount. Well, not really a discount, but like they were charging <laughs> an extra $25 for that bundle that Keith mentioned. Um, and then the... Uh, it'll be like $25 cheaper. I think $145 at Target uh, normally or $125, one of those two. Um, there was a, there was a, there's been a lot this week. Uh, so going back to the April thing, it, it is just the April as the Catwoman fig, uh, figure. There's no swappable parts on her. Uh, they said specifically because uh, her skin on her chest where her jumpsuit's open at the top is painted brown. So mm. you can't just swap the head um, like you could for Irma and Vernon because they didn't really have skin uh, exposed in that area. So it's not painted. They just, you just pop the neck out and then pop that in. April, right. you couldn't really do it. Plus, they added a hole on her keister so that the tail could be attached. So no, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, okay. So I, I get why they did it. Um, plus I, I don't think you would want the people who've been like asking and begging for a re-release of April. I don't think you'd want that to be in an exclusive box set of, you know, approximately 5,000 pieces, you know, that's just going to piss off at a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, there is no official edition size on this though. NECA in the past has been anywhere between five to 10,000. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be on the more conservative end of between five to 8,000. Um, but yeah. Uh, so th- like I said, those it's sold out on the NECA store.com. You can go there and check out the pictures. You can also go to our Facebook where we'll have pictures of them too. Um, and also uh, check out your local target stores over the summer. Got a couple other cartoon ones too. Oh yeah. Um, Dirtbag and Groundchuck are a two so, set that's coming out. Dirtbag and Groundchuck. So actually I do not remember them from the show. They're from later seasons that I don't remember. But I do remember them from uh the Manhattan Project. Yes. Yeah. And I would have loved to have them in the arcade line. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like NECA is kind of avoiding the arcade line. Um, well, and they're so NES sprites, so they would be like what the bright pink and the gray and no other colors. I so. mean, they did it for Shredder, you know, in in the original New York, uh, New York Comic Con pack. Hmm. 
that I have. Or no, that was San Diego Comic-Con. Anyway, I have the pink shredder, basically. Um, but the but yeah, I would have loved I would have loved those versions. Um I just I love those designs. Those were great boss fights. Um and it, it is cool to get those two figures. Yeah. I was I'm like glad, ground... I'm glad that there are two back too. Yeah, yeah. I was like ground chuck. Um dirtbag kind of seemed lame to me just because ground chuck is such a ridiculous design. He's like a robot cow man. He's a robot bull man. But this dirt bag, like the torso comes off and then you can put like dirt around him. Like it yep. comes with molded dirt. So it looks like he's burrowing up from underground, which is kind of it's cool. really cool. Like yeah. they wow. put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cute. Um, another one that was revealed was a Wingnut and Screwloose two-pack. Which a lot of people have been asking for. Yeah, so Screwloose is not like a minifigure like he was with the original uh, toy. He's his own separate figure. Hmm. Which, yeah, which uh, Trevor said originally uh, they were going to be, I think he said Wingnut was going to be um, an ultimate figure, and then Screwloose wound up being so big that they're now just a two-pack of Wingnut and Screwloose. Yeah. Um, which makes sense, because again, NECA's specifically not recreating the toys. Um, that's Super 7's deal. Uh, NECA's specifically doing the toy designs, or the, the TV designs. Yeah. So that's Sometimes why, they're a little that's, similar, but that's yeah. why Sometimes they're similar, a lot of the time they're not. Mm-hmm. So that's why Screwloose in this case is a lot bigger. And then I'm assuming, I mean, the Toka and Razor that were teased are probably from the cartoon as well. I'm assuming right? they are too, because they came during the toy, during mm-hmm. the cartoon toy line roundup. Um, so they teased an animated version of Toka and Razor, um, which if you remember how they looked in the cartoon is very different than how they looked in the original Um in how the in the original movie uh and in fact those ones look like the playmates toys that released mm-hmm. like that toka from the 87 cartoon looks like the toka toy from playmates yeah it's even got the foot logo on his like loincloth which yep. is weird because he wasn't associated with the foot clan in the cartoon anyway um another thing that uh was it trevor that was the guy that was doing this trevor zamet trevor zamet he's he said they might do a three pack at some point, which has got to be the neutrinos. It's got to be the neutrinos, right? Um, what else could it be? Yeah, exactly. Like we don't know uh, what that's going to be, because um, like there's really no other trio of characters. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. not any that I can think of. No, there's none I can think of. But you know what I was I was really hoping for what they would have announced. Like as much as I like the Catwoman from General Six as a box set, like and that's and that's one of those box sets that like you're gonna wanna keep the box because it's you know it's a cool diorama piece and you I know, think it folds out into the newsroom or something. It does. It? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Like it's a full diorama on the inside. Um but like I said before, like San Diego exclusives are more than just the figures inside like it's the box it's the presentation so if like if you're buying these just for the figures like i'm not going to tell you how to collect but at the same time like if you're mad that these figures are in here you know it's it's an it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. like you got to take in the box you got to take in the presentation so mike are you going to get the whole spectrum of these reveals so uh Gonna pass on Wingnut and Screwloose. 
uh, I skipped on buying the channel uh, Catwoman from Channel Six box set this morning, uh, specifically because I did not want the accessory bundle. Um, I didn't like the the magical mut- or musical mutagen tour that came out last year. Um, I bought the accessory set because it was the only way to get it on Target.com, mm-hmm. and I haven't touched the accessories. They're in the bottom of the box. It's shipped in still. and like i ordered a small shirt um because in my stupid brain i was like oh the smaller sizes are gonna sell slower because we're all fat stoves um and i was right (laughs) the small was the the small was the easiest one to get everyone was buying the larger sizes um but i you know nobody wants to trade for a small shirt so i've got this small shirt that i'm never gonna wear Mm. Spencer, do you want the small shirt? <laughs> I don't wear smalls, dude. Like I, I get larges, but then they shrink to mediums, and I'm good. <laughs> you know, I wear the smallest size at the big and tall shop. There so. you go. Yeah, <laughs> the, the smallest shirt I've ever been able to do is a medium, yeah. and that was like when I was peak working out. Oh, I, I can do a medium. Uh, it's I'm not allowed to like buy anything from the grocery store while I'm wearing it, but I can do a medium. <laughs> you can't go outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'm skipping that, but I'm, I am going to try and find it in store. Um, it's one of those figures that like, I would love to have, but it's, I'm not going to be sad if I don't get it. Um, I did think it was very funny that on the box for Catwoman from channel six, they did confirm that Irma's last name is Langenstein. Because along the bottom it says the Catwoman, Vernon Fenwick, Burn Thompson, Irma Langenstein, and friends. Um, Was that a point of contention, or just it's it's something that like has been coming up a lot lately um, that I've seen in some of the various turtle groups, and that like there's this one Italian turtles page that's been putting together collages, and they did one of Irma, and it was like '87 Irma. And then like this weird manga version of Irma and then the 2012 Irma and then like the Easter egg of Irma in IDW. And it was the only one that said Langenstein on it. Hmm. And okay. I was just like, um, actually, did you know that Sh- or Langenstein you know, is a fandom name and blah, 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 blah. Um, so it was, I just thought it was funny that like we were confirming it on here. And then the Turtle Recall podcast, I uh, love those guys corrected me and said that it's actually already been confirmed on another NECA product. So thought that yeah. was funny. There you go. I always thought that Irma was just like Cher. Like she just had the one name. Yeah, Irma. Beyonce. I mean, yeah, it just know? makes yeah, sense. Beyonce. Well, Beyonce is Beyonce Knowles, though. I think Cher only has the one name. Yeah, right? but it's oh, okay. Beyonce, yeah. though. It's, but it's Yeah, I know. You don't, you don't bother with the last name. That's I didn't, yeah. 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 There is her no si- other Beyonce. Her sister is a Knowles. Yeah. Beyonce is yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. The rest of Destiny's Child can have a last name. Beyonce yeah. does not need one. <laughs> Rihanna, exactly. you know? Yeah. Hey, Rihanna, Zendaya. Yeah. But no, oh, the turtle reveals do not end there. Um actually they do end there, I think. <laughs> okay. You can say that's that's all I've got on my list. That was all the toy news. Um, so yeah, it was a good big 20 minutes. Um of just 
kind of reveals and uh, a lot of the stuff is still going to be going to targets and walmarts um that doesn't sound like it's going to change anytime soon um but i mean this is day one of comic-con uh and NECA has said there are going to be more reveals as time goes on um during the comic-con weekend um plus there's other toy companies mezco you know most famously last year teased turtles on their MezcoCon 2020 logo so <laughs> they may do it this year we may get those um super seven did have a tur- reaction turtle pack like they do every year um skipped on that because i don't do a reaction um i think that is gone now as well um yeah <laughs> so moving on from from comic-con toy news uh we talked a couple weeks ago about the prospect 100 uh contest that was going on yep was an uh, art the design, contest. The design a turtle or design the turtles uh contest yes uh, and so, so a couple it was days like a couple days ago the finalists were announced mm-hmm. and uh kevin eastman got to pick the actual winner and i guess they get like a cash prize and their art will be featured on some sort of merchandise in the future uh presumably like a t-shirt or something uh the winner was announced today uh, it's Lily Stock, and I, I put her art up on our Instagram if you want to go check it out. Yep, I um, link to all her stuff on our Twitter too. Uh, it is a great piece. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna make a good shirt. It's gonna make a great shirt. <laughs> yeah, they they did say it was gonna be a merch line, um, so that implies shirt, art prints, uh, stuff like that. Um, it's it's a really cool design. Like, it's really hard to describe in a podcast, but um, the best way i can describe it is that it's very fluid mm-hmm. um uh there's some cool like kind of glow in the dark stuff on the turtle shelves the turtle shells that i really like um overall it's a great piece um yeah, yeah. i actually i downloaded the high res and put it on my phone already because like i this is pretty cool yeah awesome. and i mean heck i think the best way i can describe it is go to our instagram and twitter and look at it yeah, yeah, there yeah. And, and while you're there, hit the follow button. You know, there you go. just because you're already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about posting fan art, um, I'm trying to trying to find some fan art for our fan art Fridays. So if you got something you want to share with us, we'd love to see it, and I'll feature yeah, it we'd, on we'd, our Instagram stories. We've mentioned it before. Like we we love it. We love seeing stuff in the community. Like this is the turtles is a community, and we want to see, you know, we, artists huge part of it. Like you know you. Sophie Campbell, who does IDW, started as a fan artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you never know. Like, we know some comic book people. We're buddies with Tom Waltz. He may see your art. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're like, yeah. we're definitely like best we're, friends now, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're bumping like, elbows he, with him, yeah. He and I are going to lunch next week, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, have, his, I have his business email. <laughs> you know, Bruce, that's how you me, know when you're best friends with someone. Me and, yeah, yeah. and Kevy Eastman? Yeah, I call him Kevy. Yeah, we're buddies, Kevy. yo. It's not a nickname if it's the same amount of syllables, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like we we love fan art, and yeah, we we yeah. always credit and want to. We just we want to share turtles, and like we want we want everybody to feel welcome in this fandom. And so, like you know, send us your art. You know, yeah. if you don't mind us retweeting it um, and linking to all your socials, we'd love to do it. Yeah. Congratulations again, Lily. Yeah, so, congratulations, uh, Lily. Um, I think, yeah, Keith, you put a link to her Instagram profile. Uh, I put a link to her link tree on Twitter. 
um, which has her deviant art and print shop and website and all that stuff too. Cool. All right. Well, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be watching episodes 22, 23, and 24 of season three of the 1987 cartoon. Are we only there so far? I Uh, mean, that's actually going to be the halfway point. I know. We talked about that before. It is the halfway point. We're almost done. (laughs) Well, we're halfway done. (laughs) So that is, uh, that's Return of the Fly, Casey Jones, Outlaw Hero, and Mutagen Monster. So we're finally getting Casey. Yeah. It's, I'm surprised like how long it took the show to bring Casey. And he's, He's not in that many episodes either, but I he's like yeah, I think he's in something. like a total of five episodes. Yeah. yeah, he was such a such an awesome toy though. I I thought he was like the the fifth turtle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, guys, if you enjoy the show, uh, let us know. Like our bunny uh, Clint over on Facebook, who has let us know a couple times how much he enjoys listening to the show. Uh, Clint, thank you so much. That made I know Spencer, you saw it too. Yeah, um, I just really made my day like it just lets us know that hey you guys are listening and you guys like what we're doing um so if you want to do that let us know on the facebook page on twitter on instagram at ninja turtle ph uh and if you guys uh really like the show drop a review on the podcasting app that you're listening to it on uh helps other people find the show helps us let us know how we're doing what we should change if you don't like something you know be nice we're sensitive but we also love Chris, uh, constructive criticism. Constructive. <laughs> Got a Keyword there. Asterisk constructive. that. Constructive yeah. criticism. Uh, and yeah, guys, uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. So that's our show this week. Thank you for listening. Until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Come on, dudes. This scene would gag me with its grodiness. <laughs> for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Had to go with the super, uh, just the super 90s, 80s. The Valley Girl, yeah. Yeah, the grodiness was what sold me on it. (laughs) It's weird that they didn't recognize her until she started talking. I didn't recognize her until she started talking. But it's because the way they color her in that one. She's like orange, then they make her hair orange. It's because she's orange. Like I thought she was like another version of Juliet at first. Oh, oh, gotcha. See, I again i read it in black and white so yeah. i didn't necessarily know who she was but like also this is the first time we've seen renette's hair yeah really. exactly so. like did we know she had white hair actually we may have known she already had blonde hair well actually blonde no because it wouldn't have been colored 
yeah. we have seen her hair when they are in the jungle. It, it definitely tells oh. of the TMNT. The the very last couple pages, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I you y'all need to send me some of these uh colored, like just a screenshot of, of the yeah. I just screenshot them actually a minute ago, so I'll send yeah, it. Yeah, I got I got a screenshot a lot because I was gonna do a hashtag Loki thing. Um, yeah. when when like when I found out that was Loki, I was gonna make like Loki joke. Oh damn it! I just remembered I forgot what I was like. Literally, some someone sent me some. I sent it in the group. Someone sent me like a surprise uh, Walmart, like April and Casey farmhouse pack, they're calling it. Oh, really? For 50 bucks. Yeah, there's no pictures. There was nothing was teased. Um, I pre ordered it just in case. All right. Keep that in the the hopper if we get an image for next week. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I literally, my, my friend sent it to me and then. Uh, Preternia on Twitter, who I get a lot of my toy news from, he retweeted it. So if he did it, I trust him. Oh man! So not only is the TCRI or Utram like green, the Foot Clan member is also green. Yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, Carnage Renata, is oh, yeah, blue. Renata is like orange. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she looks like a like a tangerine. Yeah, like, it's, she it's, looks like an Oompa Loompa. It's orange. a yeah. It's a it's a decision. Wow. Okay. I'm kind of glad I read this in black and white now. <laughs> I think she just, you know, like discovered bronzer, you know? <laughs> well, she's got like null time bronzer, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like way more powerful. <laughs> Dyed her hair too, I guess. I yeah. Know. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a choice. Like it's a... that, that blue spiral around her really pops though. Yeah. That looks right? really good. Cool. Right, yeah, there's some things where you look at the colors and you're like, great idea. And there's other times where it's like, yeah. Yeah. So uh, who wants what for next week? Let me start typing this in here. I'll take Return of the Fly. Okay. I'll, I'll let you do Casey Jones, Keith. I'll take Mutagen Monster. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, I only bought one San Diego Comic-Con exclusive today. Now that I think about it. I only bought uh, Scareglow from Masters of the Universe. Oh, yes. They're doing a Scareglow uh, for the new show. And the rumor is he's going to be in like wave four or five, but I really wanted the San Diego Comic-Con version. Have you guys... uh, Go ahead, Spence. Have you guys watched that yet? The new He-Man Revelations thing? No, it it comes out tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. I actually took the day off tomorrow, um, allegedly because my mother's in town and I'm seeing her, but also so I can go to my buddy's house and watch the whole thing in the morning before that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> so. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, God, and I also like at Target the other day, I found so I found um, uh, Evil Inn, like mm-hmm. the new retro version of Evil Inn. Uh huh. And I was like, oh, cool! So I bought it, um, and then I came back the next day. And I found like Merman, Fisto, and um, uh, who else did I find? Merman, Fisto, and one other person I can't remember now. Beastman? No, it wasn't Beastman. Uh, Merman. Trying to think of Trapjaw? Wasn't Trapjaw. I have like. Iclops? Chronos. Is his name Iclops or something? Triclops. 
Triclops. Three, not three Triclops. There you no, I don't have that guy either. Uh, is it is it a villain or a... Stinkor? Uh, faker. That's what I found. Oh, uh, Faker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah really... so, I, so I found Fisto, Merman, and Faker the next day. So I picked up those three. Awesome. I do kind of want Trapjaw. I have Chrono. Like, there's a. It's called the Rise of Evil pack, and it's like young Skeletor when he was still Keldor. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Chrono's before he was Trapjaw. Um, I have a really cool book. Um, it's it, it's like a two thousand page like tome, but it's like all of the comics that came with the action figures. Ooh, cool! All in all in one bit. It was only like fifteen bucks, but it's a nice like art cover. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Like, where do you get all this background lore on He Man? Because like I watched the cartoon as like the old eighties cartoon as a mm-hmm. kid, and it was just you know super corny, as far as I could tell yeah uh, it it's was, oh yeah it's super it's super corny it's very like, much like like uh how the ninja turtles show in the action figure line are different yeah like, yeah because like the there was all the mini comics that established a lot of the lore mm-hmm. for he-man mm-hmm. um with obvious crossover from the show yeah yeah like the the story of the toys is like he-man and skeletor both have half of a sword yeah of the sort of power and it, the sort of power and when it it comes together then that's the key to open castle grayskull and the the toys that work like that like they each came with a half you put them together there was a slot in grayskull and when you put it in there the drawbridge will come down oh cool um, but like i don't know if you watched the toys that made us they mentioned that like you know they were selling these to kids that couldn't read but they already had the comics kind of produced anyway so yeah. they put them with the toys and then also made an animated show well the animated show it's one of those like like the digital show they're pumping out 65 episodes a season so they just do like whatever crap they can come up with you know find the crystal beat the bad guy you know yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, damn it orco was on sale today at big bad toy store and i didn't grab him oh shoot orco now looks really cool now he's now he's out of stock again let, let me tell you about the time i met orco uh at denver comic-con and that guy was high as anyone i have ever met he was (laughs) like just i mean just smoke like billowing out from under the robe and stuff like it was a great it was a great costume but uh i believe uh, it and the guy he like he posed real quick he i took a picture i started walking walking away and he went hey man wait hold up man could you see my feet and I look at the picture, like, oh yeah. I said, okay, let me try again. And he like gets all recombined <laughs> in the exact same pose. I took his picture. He's like, thanks, man. I'm like, dude, you reek. <laughs> he was, he's just reeked of pot. He was having a great time, though. I can't blame him. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, that's fun. That's yeah. fun. Well, uh, trying to think. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't a He Man fan, and now I'm like all in on this line. Like freaking Miss Orko, god damn! It. I was I was ironically a He Man fan until I read the Injustice Masters of the Universe crossover, yeah, comic, and I was kind of like, do I like this? And then I saw like this recent trailer for Revelations, and I'm like, I think I might be into this. I yeah. think I might actually be into He Man. I never was, but uh, my podcast, my other podcast with my buddy, he's like ten years older than me, so he grew up with He Man, and I grew up more with like 
you know stuff in the late 90s power rangers and stuff and yeah he's like tricked me into watching he-man like four times and <laughs> since then like we had a we had subscribed to a stars streaming service i was about to get rid of it but then i saw he-man was on there and i have a merman pop and i got that big tome of all the comics like damn it now i like he-man i didn't want to but here i am yeah. <laughs> i feel you yeah um uh, all right, anyway. well, same time next next week, guys. Same time next week. Right. Same NTPH same channel. channel. Yeah. <laughs> same NTPH hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Right. Take care. <laughs>